as uh, Jamie already said, and as most of you, if not all of you, know already, my name is uh, Tim, and I'm one of the leaders here at church. Uh, this last week, sorry, we started a new series about limitless living. It's all about breaking limits of the past, looking ahead, being all that God has called you to be and to do. It's being a brighter uh, you. It's not, it's saying, who am I? What can God do through me? See, I believe in God that we can all have big and influential lives. And I said last week, it's like, you know, like Mary Poppins, and she has her bag, and somehow she just keeps taking more stuff out of it. And I think God is very much like that. We don't fully know how God does it. We don't understand the, the um, mechanics behind it. But in God, we can live a limitless life. There's more ways more in God. And I read this scripture out from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 to 13. And it says this. It should be on the board. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open space, a, spe a wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. And that's the message version. See, I said last week as well, I love to go for walks. I love going to the Purbeck, love going to the beach, because it just makes my life feel bigger. It gives me more vision. It gives me a bigger outlook. We do not want to limit our God in our lives. So last week, I spoke upon limitless faith. And from Hebrews chapter 11, these people lived in faith. They had a faith language. They spoke a faith language. And as God spoke the world into being, that our words have power for life and for death. But this week, I'm going to be carrying on looking at limitless wisdom. See, we spend all day making decisions. We make big decisions, small decisions. You've woken up this morning and you've made decisions what you're going to wear. Well, I hope you've made that decision. Uh, you've looked in your drawer and you've either found something, this is the only items I've got left, or you've looked on a, a rail and you said, I'm going to wear this and this today. But we all make decisions. Some of them, like what you're going to wear, is not a very important decision, as long as you do put clothes on, hopefully. But some of the decisions we make are important and they affect our whole lives. And we need God's wisdom in the small and the big decisions and choices of life. See, we need God's wisdom. In today's 21st century society in England, we live in poor. And the word wisdom doesn't often come up in our conversations. When's the last time you had a conversation with someone at work or someone down the shops and saying, Do you, are, you, are you wise or, or, or have you got wisdom? We don't do that, do we? Maybe you guys do, I don't know, but I've never really done that. And this made me think, where does the world get its wisdom? Where does the world make its decisions? Maybe it's from their bosses. Maybe it's what they've learned from their parents. Maybe it's from the internet, 
ask Google, what should I do about this situation? And then you do that. That is their wisdom. Maybe their decisions and their wisdom comes from the motivation of money. Maybe it's from the politicians. The politicians say we should do this, so let's go and do this. Their wisdom and how they make decisions comes from something or one of those things. See, I believe that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we need wisdom in our marriages, in our parenting of children, in our parenting of grandchildren. We need wisdom in our relationships with one another, in our workplaces. We need wisdom in everyday life. How do you make decisions? How do you make decisions? Wisdom is important to make godly and biblical decisions. Right, I've never done this before, but I'm going to read out 25 Bible passages. When I say I'm going to read them out, I've got Al and Dave Adlin to come and help me. So if you guys could come up. So these passages are all on wisdom. These are the 25 uh, most significant passages of wisdom. And what we're going to do, I'm going to read out the first one, and then we're going to go to Al and Dave, and then back to me, Al and Dave, back to me, Al and Dave. They should be up on the screen as well. Um, And we are going to try and say them out dramatically, guys, okay? We don't want any accents. We don't want a Chinese accent. If that comes through, we forgive you, Dave. Um, But we want to say, so I'm going to kick us off. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, thank you, Jamie, who gives generously to all without fault, and it will be given to you. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, They held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. And God gave Solomon wisdom and a very great insight and brief of understanding as a measureless as the sand on the seashore. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who? is able to govern this great people of yours. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. For through wisdom, your days will be many, 
and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. By wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. For those who trust in themselves are fools, and God pities the fools. But for those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Wisdom is a shouter, as money is a shouter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Hello? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if it was me, my fault, sorry. Uh, so, from these passages, this is the summary. Wisdom comes from God alone. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to read out those passages, because actually wisdom comes from God. Wisdom can aid you to win battles and save you from wicked ways. Wisdom will lead you along straight paths and add years to your life. Wisdom is more precious than gold and rubies. Wisdom is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit and impartial and sincere. See, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. See, we could know a lot of stuff and still be foolish. We don't have to look far in society to see that, and people around our world and in our lives. People who have a lot of knowledge, and they're gifted, but live foolishly. Famous sports personalities, singers, business people, 
who we might think they are so incredible, not incredibly knowledgeable, and they're so amazingly talented, but they can still be foolish. They cannot have wisdom. And we might even know people in our lives who are very similar. They have gifting, they have vast knowledge, but it's meaningless because one is not using it with wisdom. See, I love this description of godly wisdom from Wayne Grudem. He says this, God's wisdom means that God always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals. The definition goes beyond the idea of God knowing all things and specifics that, God, that God's decisions about what he will do always wise decisions. That is, they always bring about the best results. They will bring about those results through the best possible means. Apply this to us. If we want to truly be wise, if we want to make good decisions, if we want to act and move forward, we need God's ultimate best. And we need God's wisdom. All these scriptures have a common theme in it. And this is it. It's from God, not from this world. Wisdom begins and found in God. We find true wisdom on the basis of our relationship with him. We find true wisdom by humbly submitting to God and obeying his commands. What decisions do you need to make today that you need wisdom over? Because if we read these 25 scriptures, if we want to live a godly life and the best life, we need God's wisdom, wisdom in relationships, wisdom of where we should live, wisdom of what job we should do, and others. Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. If I can put it another way, if I want to be wise, I need to start fearing God. And scripture is full of examples of people who feared God and had wisdom. Genesis 42, Joseph wins his brother's trust when he declares he is a God-fearing man. In Exodus, it was because the midwives feared God that obeyed him instead of the authorities by sparing the Hebrews' babies. They feared God and they did something against this world. Pharaoh brought disaster on the nation because he did not fear God. In Exodus as well, Moses chose leaders to help him on the basis that they feared God and wouldn't take bribes. Jesus states this stronger than anyone else. Do not be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both your soul and your body in hell. 
Matthew 10, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who, who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both your soul and body in hell. Paul says to us that we should work out our, our, our um, salvation. Thank you. We should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So it's clear from these passages that fearing God is good because it saves us from craving our own sinful nature. That's why when hearing someone is God-fearing, it actually makes us trust the person even more. If I was to say to one of you, well, that person, he's God-fearing, you would probably trust the person even more. If they fear God, they are more likely to keep their word and treat others with kindness. In Romans 3, a classic chapter on sin, it says that the chief sin is that we have no fear of God at all. And you might be thinking, well, how do we, or how do we, someone we know, fear God? I really believe it's only by having a revelation of who God is. When we really grasp who God is, He is the creator of the universe, that he knitted all of us in our mother's womb. He spoke things into being, that he is higher and greater than anything we know, that he is the judge of mankind and can see everything that is done in the light and in the dark. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He will have the last word. When we become into a place where we are in all of this God, we start to have a fear of God. When we fear the Lord, we will have good wisdom. See, fear of God for me is a bit like a fire. You know, I think it was last week, um, a week Wednesday ago, sorry, we, it was close to bonfire night, it was half term, so in the evening we bought some fireworks and we bought some wood and we had a fire pit and some fireworks in our back garden. And the fire is amazing, especially for children, but also us adults, because children like to get close to it because it is fascinating, isn't it? Fire is fascinating. So you get close to it and uh, you feel the heat and you want to get a bit closer, but you can't get too close because it will burn you. And if you get too close, it will kill you. So in many ways, a fire is a good thing because it's a source of heat, it's a source of light. But you get too close to it, it will kill you if you get into it. And I think this is a bit of like the fear of God. To have the fear of God is a really good thing. But we know examples in the Bible, people who get, in many ways, too close to God because he's so sovereign and so great and so mighty, they cannot stand in his presence. See, when we fear God and have the revelation of who he is, we are in all of him, and it provides light and power in our lives. But if we get too close, he's too powerful. So this is the thing. It starts off with humility. Humility births wisdom. You cannot be proud and be wise. Proud people don't seek help. They believe they can do it by themselves. They have an answer for everything. 
I can do it this way. It can be this way. I know what to do with my life. I'll take this job. I'll go to this place. I'll live in this house. And they do it their own way because they are proud. But humility births wisdom because when we become humble, we realize that we need a God to direct our lives and help us in the decisions because as Wayne Grudem says, he knows best for us. You cannot be proud and be wise. Not until we've become humble and teachable, standing in the God's holiness and sovereignty, we acknowledge our littleness. And this is a great quote by J.I. Packer, who's a professor of theology at uh, Regents College in Vancouver. He says this, Not until we've become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, Acknowledge in our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts and willing to have the minds turned upside down can divine wisdom become ours. When we realize our own littleness and how great God is, we become so humble and we say, God, I need your direction in this. I need your wisdom. This is too big decision for me. I, I can only see today. And that's so often for us. We live in today. We live in what we think will happen. If I move to this house, this will be best for me because of this, this, and this. And it might be that. However, a God who sees the whole picture A God who is great and mighty knows what's best for you, and he loves you. James 1, verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed in the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I love this verse because James is saying, ask for wisdom. God, what do you want me to do in this relationship? Is this relationship right for me? Lord, I'm struggling in my marriage. What can I do to make it better? Lord, I'm struggling at work. What can I do, God, to do it better? I need your wisdom. God, I don't know where I'm called to move house. You know, I need your wisdom. You should ask God, give me wisdom in this particular thing because I don't know best. And you humble yourself and you submit yourself to a sovereign God. And then he says, in faith, you go forwards. Because if you don't do it in faith and you're doubting, You're like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed in the wind. And then you won't receive anything because you're double-minded and unstable in all you do. I want to give you five practical ways to gain wisdom. Number one, always ask God for wisdom. Always ask God every day, Lord, I need your wisdom. If we think and we believe that we've got the right decisions, we don't have the fear of God because we've now had a revelation with God. And if you want the fear of God, you need to ask for a revelation of who he is. Ask in faith. Help me and receive this by the faith. 
by faith. Ask in faith. He's going to give you wisdom and guidance. Always consult scripture. Wisdom from God always backs up from the word of God. For example, if God is telling you um, to, you know, I know what I'm going to do. God has told me that I should really become, eat lots of chocolate. Every day. Every day, eat lots of chocolate. Eat lots of chocolate, you become overweight, you become obese, you get diabetes. You know, but God told me to eat lots of chocolate because it makes me happy. Well, I'm not sure that fits well with scripture in many ways. So always consult scripture. Number four, Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, nothing's new under the sun. God has seen it all. God has seen it all. It's done, he's seen everything around the world. Your situation is unique to you, but it's not unique to God. If you're thinking that I'm having this problem at work, that is unique and to you, but it's not unique to God. And there's a massive difference. God sees everything under the sun. He's seen it before, and he knows what's best for you because it is unique to you, but it's not unique to God. Does that make sense? Five, always seek counsel from those around you who have wisdom. Let's not do it alone. Let's ask others, I've got this thing and I don't know what to do about it. Can you just give me a bit of wisdom? Always ask God for wisdom. Ask in faith. Always consult scripture. Nothing is new under the sun. Always seek counsel. What do you need wisdom? That question is, what do you need wisdom? I know I need wisdom. What do you need wisdom? I want to summarize by saying this. Do not rely on your own understanding, but rely on the wisdom of God, because he knows best for you and your life. Go and get wisdom from him. If you are struggling in a situation, oh God, I've had this situation with this person, I don't know what to do about it, I might just leave it because it's too tricky to deal with, or I might just run a mile. No, no, seek God. That might be the option, the right thing to do, but you need to seek God because God might say, well, actually, that is the right thing, or, or actually do it this way. Oh God, but I, I, I've got this relationship I'm struggling with, and we're just, I really love that person, but I find it so hard. Well, see, God, what you should do about it, because he knows that. God, this workplace, what should I do about my job? Or oh, I'm doing this in church, I don't know what to do about it. Seek God for wisdom, because he knows the best in your life. And when we come to a place where we fear God, we realize our littleness and our smallness, and we say to God, you know best for me. I feel in this room there is people that need direction and answers from God when I was preparing this. And you've got things that you are living out and potentially coasting in and the easiest option is not ask God for wisdom. But God wants you to come to him and gain wisdom and act upon it. And in a moment we're going to sing some songs and I want to offer prayer. I will be at the back with the prayer ministry team. And if you need wisdom, I would love to pray with you and others would. And we would lead you into asking for wisdom. It's not about us. It's you saying, God, I want wisdom in this situation. 
I want to remind you, this is what wisdom does. Wisdom is from God alone. Wisdom can aid you to win battles and save you from wicked ways. Who wants that? I do. Wisdom will lead you along straight paths and add years to your life. I'll take that one. Wisdom is more precious than gold and rubies. I'll take that one. Wisdom is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. I will take that one. That is the summary of those 25 verses we read today. God, let's pray. God, we want wisdom from you. Father, sometimes we can just see the today and the, the things that we can see, but we understand and we know you can see such a bigger picture. And Lord, I pray that you will give us wisdom in the different areas of our lives that we need wisdom in at the moment. Father, help us to be strong and courageous to live out that wisdom. Help us to live it out in faith. Father, let us always be humble to come to you. Because as James says, ask for wisdom and it will be given to you. Father, we all want to live a blessed life. We always want to live the best life you can give us. But help us to be proactive in asking you for wisdom for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.